This is the Conduit Church Teaching Podcast. Thanks for joining us. It's our mission to be a conduit of Jesus to the community in front of us and the world around us, starting with the teaching of His Word. Enjoy the message. If you've got your Bibles, would you open to the book of John? Because I want to pick up where we left last week when he said the light and the darkness and the darkness has not overcome. Um, But while you are turning there, um, when I was 10 years old, I, uh, it was one of my first entrepreneurial enterprises, and it was selling fish bait for the lake that was about 20 minutes from our house. And we, uh, the first year, my first endeavor, my product line was basically uh, earthworms. Up north, we called them night crawlers. Does anybody from north know what I'm talking about? Right. The, 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 the Tennessee worms are not, they're not worms. These are like little snakes, man. These worms are massive. But this summer of when I was 10 years old, I decided to expand my offerings. Profit margin, upsell. And the product was going to be uh, minnows, live bait. Catch them at the, at the creek with a, uh, with a little net. And I, uh, uh, I went and I found a, uh, a cast iron bathtub because we were, you know, rednecks. And we put that thing up against the, the side of the house and uh, threw my minnows in and they were all dead by the next day because I hadn't really thought through they need water that's moving, you know, in a stream. So I found uh, in my dad's junk pile an old motor from an, an air conditioner, a window unit air conditioner that had a, uh, what looked kind of like a, a paddle thing from a paddle boat, you know, uh, paddle wheel uh, on it for the air. So I thought I could, I could suspend this above the bathtub and it would spin the little paddle boat and make the waves and keep the fish alive. This was brilliant. I was literally filled with like drive and stupidity. As I, <laughs> I took, the, I took, the, uh, I took two befores and I set the engine on top in my engineering mind, I had the paddle in the water, and I, uh, I plugged it in, and I flipped the switch, and at that point, I learned about uh, speed. So what happened was that engine was like, like water was spraying everywhere, all over me, the wall, the, like a couple of fish got caught, you know, in the paddle, shot them out the side. Um, so I'm kind of in a panic mode right now, and I... Uh, I reach in to grab the paddle. Yeah, y'all know, right? I'm, I'm 10. Here's Wiley Coyote, exactly what's about. Here's the thing. As a parent, really, we have a few jobs. Most important job, okay? Young people that are in here right now, I want you to hear me say this. Part of your parent's job is to help you understand what is a good idea and what is a bad idea. That's pretty much it. You're full of ideas. Some of them are great and some of them are terrible, but you're 10, you don't know, someone has to tell you. Okay? Nobody mentioned this, so I'm reaching in. I elbow, this is a 100% true story, I elbow the tuba for the motor falls in the water. And I don't know if you've ever been electrocuted before. If your hair doesn't look like this, then you probably have not been. But the, if you ever wonder, like, how did that happen to his hair? Is that like, is he wearing a wig? I swear, if I, I'd buy a lot better hair than this if I was wearing a wig. But I, 
I, uh, I hit the thing. It lit me, literally, like, lit me up. Fortunately, though, I, was, I wasn't leaning into it. I was pulling back from it. So the next thing I know, I am laying on the ground. I am looking up at the sky. Looked a lot like this, if I'm being honest. <laughs> and I felt so alive. <laughs> like, I feel like I've never felt more alive. Like, I'm like, wow. I tried, I immediately thought, do I have superpowers? I did not, so I was kind of a bummer. Maybe, I guess you have to be electrocuted a little bit longer, but I had no superpowers at all. But in that moment, my little 10-year-old brain learned some valuable lessons. And one of which is, which is that, you know, the, the very thing that your body is meant to live on, that li- and I don't know, maybe you know this, maybe you don't, but the human body itself actually is powered by electrical charges. Like every thought you have, every neuron, it's literally electrical, firing in there. It's meant to have that in your body, but if in the wrong orders, if it's out of order in your body, a lot of disease comes from that. They think that some migraines are caused by that. Epileptic seizures are caused by that with a misfiring of electrical. But the fact of the matter is, is if you over, you know, literally while fire yourself up with electrical, you generally speaking don't get to live to tell about it or you become a superhero. I really didn't get either of those things, but the thing that keeps your body alive is the very thing that if it's not properly administered, if you're not protected properly from it, will kill you. The glory of God. John says here, we beheld his glory. Moses said in the book of Exodus chapter 33, he actually said to God, this is after the whole, uh, the Ten Commandments, they're dancing around the golden calf, and he is back up on the mountain and he is saying, God, I've been through all this stuff. Show me your glory. Exodus 33 verse 18, show me your glory, God. And he tells Moses, I can't. Because if I show you, you see me. No man can see me and live. And he literally is spelling out the problem of humanity that started east of Eden, which is you and I were meant to live in, connected to the glory of God, but because of sin, now in that glory, it will kill you if you are in the glory. I can't do it, Moses. So when John writes, chapter one, verse 14, the word became flesh, made his dwelling among us, speaking of Jesus. Remember last week we said Jesus. The word was God, the word was with God. He's saying Jesus is God. God became one of us. The prayer of Solomon, can God ever dwell with man, is being answered when he says, we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son, God, who came from the Father full of grace and truth, and they did not die. How was that possible? And that's what I want to show you today in verses 6 through 19 of A, that we sort of like sort of etherealize the glory of God, but the fact of the matter is, is that there is a way in our present state of humanity that we can see and we can experience his glory and not die. 
That's the promise that Jesus gave. That's the controversial statement that John was making here. So that's God's word. Let's pray and see what the Lord would say to us this morning. Heavenly Father, I pray that as we encounter your word, Lord, that we could experience your glory even this morning. See your glory. Experience who you are, your face, your goodness. That there's nobody in between me and you anymore, God. You made that possible. Father, I pray that your spirit would move here in our church this morning. I pray that you're moving at place of hope, that you're moving in homes this morning. Lord, I know that there are those watching in their houses or your lake houses or but your presence and your spirit is everywhere. So I pray that whether we're in this room or whatever room that you're in, the Lord is moving this morning. Father, I like just right across the street, Pastor Nathan, Graceland Church, God, would you just pour out your spirit on them fresh and new this morning? Father, would you be with Pastor Raphael at Lavinia? Lord, you're doing some amazing things with him and his church family. Your name is being lifted high at Vineyard Church with John Stearns. Lord, be with them as well. Your name is being lifted high all over this community. We are just one voice among many, and we pray that you will draw all men unto you because of that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In the time that we have, I just want to show you that there's a difference between my glory and his glory. And I want to show you that the Bible, what John is saying here, is that his glory in me, like he in Christ in me, that is the hope of glory in my life, was beholding my glory. See, the thing is, is what John, he's saying here, John opens up this book saying, hey, there was a guy named John the Baptist. He was the cousin of Jesus. And the cousin of Jesus, born before Jesus was born, actually says, but Jesus was before me. It's another statement that Jesus is God. So here's cousin John saying that I'm here and I'm, my only job is to tell you that I am not the light. He is the light. Which is fascinating because John was actually really, really popular with the Jewish people. He didn't claim to be God. He didn't claim to be a Messiah. He was a prophet. He was crying out against the government and the, the, the things that were happening in their society. He was really, really, really popular. So when it says here that he said, I am not the light. I am just a witness to the light. We can't miss that. Because it's so tempting when people like what you say, when you're super popular saying it, to, I kind of like the way this feels. This tastes really good. My light tastes really good. Much of what we've seen in our culture, by the way, we don't, this is not happening in cultures for the most part around the world as it relates to pastors or Christian leaders. Uh, there's no such thing as a celebrity pastor in the barrios of Honduras. It was not a career move. R Rhonda, what's the pastor's name that pastors the church with all the kids? 
Carlos, Pastor Carlos, 10% of zero is what? Quickly, math people. Oh, yes, sorry. That wasn't a career move for that guy. He's not really drinking from the light, right? Because there's no light to drink. But in our culture, like John the Baptist, he's saying, look, they loved him. They're crying out for him. We love you. And he's saying, no, 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 not me, but Jesus. And by the way, that's all of us. It's not just a pastor's job. It's all of our jobs to say, I'm not the light. I'm pointing to the light. I'm a witness of the light. The light that I don't know if you experienced it or not. I experienced it first when I was in fifth grade. I experienced it many times over the years where I've had encounters with the Holy Spirit and encounters with God. And if you haven't, man, I pray that you do. And one of the best ways to really experience uh, an experience like that with God is to need one. Put yourself in a situation where he's got to come through for you. Put yourself lost in the barrios of Guatemala City. Put yourself in a position where you just have, like, God's got to come through for me. And it's amazing because he will and he does. But our job is not to be that light. And here's why. It's not that God is a glory hog. It's not that he's saying, okay, it's all my glory. You can't have any of it. You're taking my glory. He just knows how we're wired. He created us. He designed us. He tells us in the book of Corinthians that he talks about that no one would boast, whatever, but he he goes on to say that so that no flesh shall glory. He, he, He wasn't saying that he didn't want you to glory because he wants all the glory for himself. What he is saying is that when... You know, when, when dummy puts the thing in the water with the, the electricity, it's going to kill me. When I am beholding my glory instead of his glory, it overloads my system. It shorts me out and knocks me on my butt. And I can easily talk about it from a perspective of celebrity. I mean, I spent an enormous amount of time in the 90s and the 2000s building platforms for people to perform, to sing, and to uh, build careers on. There is, hear me say this, there is nothing wrong with being famous. Just not. But in the moment that you are, if you begin to reflect and drink your own glory instead of reflecting his glory, you have dropped the motor in the bathtub and it's going to knock you on your butt. And there was a moment in the 90s where I felt like there was, a, this is, I don't know, can I say this in Nashville? I mean, it's 25 years, right? What are, there was a moment where I thought, there were, I had the roster, this is, and none of, none of you, nobody here, just so you know, where I thought, you know, I had like about, a, I had the, what we called the rapture guarantee, which meant that if the rapture happened, you had a 50% shot of my artist still showing up. might have to delete that, Zach. I'm sorry. (laughs) What I mean was that we were making people stars. We were building, we were glorifying them. And hear me say this, there are many men and women, many, 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 many of them, and I could name their names, who were good and godly 
and, and reflected that glory back to God. So being famous wasn't the problem. It was absorbing the glory. And there were those in my career that, man, we had to cancel tours. We had to pull, take them off the road because their families were destroyed. They weren't intentionally, they were, but they all, they literally were just, it was our fault. We were complicit. We were telling him, you're awesome. You're amazing. Here, read your press release. I'll prove it. You're amazing. You know? So we were complicit in that. Now fast forward 25 years and everybody, we all have our own press release. Every time we pick up our social media, you've now got your own press release. You see, and I want to say this really carefully, because everybody in here, for the most part, probably the vast majority, have some sort of a social media presence. Some of them are used for your business. Some of them are used, a lot of you mamas especially, use the, you use them as your photo album for your family. I'm just push, putting these here because this is my photo album in the way that my mima had her own photo album. Now, if you trust Mark Zuckerberg to protect your photo album... I don't know, maybe you need to rethink that strategy, but that's a whole other conversation. But there's different reasons that you use social media. One of the reasons that I use social media for the most part, or a lot, is I'm able to uh, communicate, number one, with our brothers and sisters in developing nations. Kelly knows that. That's one of the places that they're immediately, whether it's Hakeem or Francis, they message you on social media. So we use it to communicate. We use it to tell the stories of what God is doing to Hebrews 10.24 to inspire you to love and to good deeds. There's a lot of reasons to use social media. Okay, So I want you to hear me say that. Because now I want to say that there's one reason, and it may not be your primary reason, but is a reason that you have to humbly search your heart and ask, is my social media account, is the primary reason I'm using it to reflect my own glory? They say that social media is a window into the world but I wonder if a more accurate definition of it is it is a mirror into your own soul. John said, we beheld his glory. Is it sometimes that I'm beholding my own glory? The, 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 the mirror of truth to see how beautiful that I, that I am. I don't say this with any shame at all. I mean that. And I want you to hear me say, if you're thinking, oh, he's thinking of me right now, or the next time he's scrolling, he's gonna be, just cut it out. That's, that's, not, that's the enemy speaking to you. I'm just offering this as a humble suggestion for me and you to ask, is it possible that I am in my social media presence saying, I am the light, look at me, Instead of he is the light, look at him. And the stakes are as high as they've ever been. The emotional health crisis in our country. Is it possible that it's because I spend hours beholding my glory or beholding your glory and not beholding his glory, beholding his light? 
I just, I humbly present that to you to ask you to prayerfully consider the way that you are using your social media platform. Is it possible that this week maybe you could present his glory using your platform instead of your glory? Show me your, your family pics. I actually like watching your vacation pics. I think they're awesome. I don't get jealous of that stuff. I think it's awesome. I'm not saying that. Now, you CrossFit people. I'm just kidding. I am jealous. I am jealous of you, Bill Marcos. I'm like, I know you, you, had, you got up a lot earlier than I did. But anyway, I'm just saying... There's nothing wrong with any of that. I'm not suggesting it's a sin, but there's a heart issue that I'm asking us to examine as a church. What if the 14 or 1,500 people that call Conduit Church, our home church, just took one post this week on our social media platforms to look at the light of Jesus instead of look at the light of me? Just one. I wonder what would happen in the world if we all used our platforms for those things. Just prayerfully consider that this morning. Now, that said, beholding my glory is dangerous because it's like dumping the electrical motor in the bathtub. It's going to burn you and knock you on your butt. Okay? Now, there's the idea of beholding his glory. How do I behold his glory without the same thing happening and knocking it on my, knocking me on my rear end again? Because he says here in John 1 verse 9, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world, right? The light of Jesus, the light of God, the, the, the true light. And this, by the way, is the language of Genesis 1, right? At the very beginning, right? In the beginning was the word, the word's with God, the word was God. First day, let there be light. Did you ever notice that light was first and then he created the sun and the moon? Does it seem like it's backwards? Or is it light had nothing to do with the sun and the moon, that light is something that exists outside of those things. Let there be light. And that light came into the world. He is making a very specific claim. He was in the world, and though the world made was made through him, it didn't recognize him. He came to that which is his own. He's talking about the Jewish people. They didn't realize him. Yet all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he, listen, he gave the right to become children of God, children not born of natural descent nor of human decision, but born of God. He's talking about the ability, the reason why now we can see his glory and not get knocked on our butts. I don't know if you saw this in the news recently. You know, the Babylon Bee, one of the most trustworthy news sources. <laughs> Worship song repeatedly asked God to show his glory. Thousands dead. <laughs> this was San, uh, San Leandro, California. The worship leader, uh, Jason Kuhn. No, I'm sorry, Bruce, Hacks Bruce Hackshaw Henry. I'm sorry, my eyes couldn't see <laughs> This will teach Jason to be hanging out in the back. He didn't even know I'm making fun of him. No, he's there. He's making fun of him back there. Show us your glory, Henry sang in his cry of worship immediately, turning to anguish as God acquiesced to the prayer and showed a small portion of his glory to the congregation. After a fraction of a second of the Lord's glory being revealed to those gathered, all that left was the church building was, uh, was a large charred crater, survivors confirmed. <laughs> Experts immediately cautioned churches against requesting that the Lord show his glory, lest their prayer be answered. Now, right, if you're going to go, like a, like a Jesus Roman candle, man, just go. Here's the thing. That's hilarious. 
well, it's just hilarious, but it's a misconception because this is an Old Testament idea that I cannot see his glory and live. Speaking of misconception, let me, do you know what the sign, you know at conception, do you know what happens at the moment of conception? We know that now because scientists have studied this. Look at this. The one in the bottom right, that is the moment that an egg is fertilized, a human egg. And what is that? Light. The light has come into the world. Light is what it's always been about. This is not language that is just pulled out of the ethereal, but there is a literal, we were born to experience that light. But as humans, because of our sinful nature, because we are east of Eden, we no longer can stand in that presence without God killing us, except and because of what Jesus did, and I'm going to show you in a minute exactly what that was. But as we do that and think about it, what I do want you to think through is a very simple idea, and that is we've all tasted of it and not really known it. This little spark of light. It's, it's, it's a glimpse of what was supposed to be. Like, like we all know it because we've all experienced something where we thought that, mo do, like do you remember some of you who were married the moment you, were, you knew I'm in love? We have a couple of newlywed families at least in here this morning. Like that moment that they're experiencing that first year, you remember what it was like? That is a glimpse, that feeling is a, it just a small drop of what we were wired to feel forever. The, the business deal that just rocked and dominated and you just, man, it all came together and it was amazing. The, the, I mean, Andy, I don't know, maybe like when that film came out and it, like everybody thought it was gonna be a disaster and suddenly a hundred million dollars, you're like, wow, that feeling, it's a good feeling and we're meant to have that feeling. Kyle, when you run through the Grand Canyon and they gotta carry out almost in a body bag, that's probably not the feeling, but Jen, <laughs> when you're... When you're like in that moment, there's that feeling of like, I pushed through, I made it happen. We were actually made to experience that joy. That is not a sin. It is not wrong. Where it becomes a sin and becomes wrong is when I am now trying to make that be the ultimate end all, be all, and it cannot bear the weight. Because Andy, what you know is what all of us know. You got to do it again. I mean, 20 years in the music world, you get a gold record or a platinum record, you could celebrate it for about 12 seconds and all you could think was, I got to do that again. And again. And again. Enjoy it. But again, that's part of God communicating, showing to you, it's literally like part of the design of humanity, so you know not to put your ultimate trust in it. And by the way, this isn't brand new to the human condition. I want to read you what an old Puritan writer wrote in the 1700s. This guy's name was John 
flavel or flavel, depending on your enunciation. Listen to what he wrote in probably, I think it was 1670. All good things lie in the vision of God, just as all rivers come from and are in the ocean. Why are your emotions and mind unsatisfied by all the things you have? 1600s, okay? Here, you bring a great ship into a narrow channel and she can't sail. She runs aground. But give her the sea, room, and depth, and she sails like the wind. And so it is here. All that delights you here on earth can never satisfy. The comforts you have here are only drops, inflaming and not satisfying the appetites of the soul. But the lamb will lead you to the fountain of living water. That feeling when you first fell in love, that joy, I remember it. I, little, I remember the first time I ever kissed Shannon. You know what was going through my mind? This, I'm gonna tell you the most, this was so romantic. I think, was Peter Cetera playing in the background? Probably Chicago, I don't know. I was thinking, oh my gosh, I'm kissing Shannon Anderson. I can't believe she's kissing me. Everybody wants to kiss Shannon. She was like, she was like the girl at Bible college that everybody wanted to marry, like all these guys told her that God told her to marry her, right? And like, she was like the Rebecca St. James of our Bible college. Like every time like somebody told God said, I'm supposed to marry you. And, and I'm thinking she's kissing me. So very romantic, obviously. But, but that, that, I was so fired up. And it was just a drop of what God has provided and planned for me. And if you put that weight for that to continue, you young married couples, listen to me. If you put that weight on your spouse for the rest of your marriage, you will crush them because you are mistaking the river for the ocean. The river's great. It's a gift. It's God. It's amazing. And it's going, it's not, she can't, he can't bear the weight of that need. There was a commercial a long time ago. I tried to find it. You'd think you could find everything on the internet, but I couldn't. But it was a psychiatric hospital. And the ad went something like this. It, it shows this man coming home to his beautiful wife, his family, his beautiful home, probably lived in Williamson County. <laughs> but the narrator says, do you come home to everything you've always wanted and still feel like you have nothing? Do you have all the things you've ever wanted and it's still not enough? And it goes on for this commercial for psychiatric care. It's saying that if you do that, that means you're crazy. But you know what the Bible says? You're probably getting more sane than you ever realized. That feeling isn't insanity, it is sanity. And before you rush to medicate it, before you rush to numb it, recognize it for what it is, which is God's gift to show you that it will not bear the weight of your need. It's not the glory of God. See, the glory of God is what we were designed for. Not my glory in me, his glory in me. 
John testified, verse 15, concerning him, and he cried out, saying, this is the one I told you about. He cried out, saying, he's the guy I've told you. This is the one. He comes after me, has surpassed me, because he was before me. Listen, verse 16. Out of his fullness we have received grace in place of the grace already given. Not out of my emptiness, but out of his fullness. The word holiness, complete, whole. His wholeness fills me. It's out of his fullness that I can experience that glory. And every time I rush to try to fill it with something else, I end up right back where I started, which is empty and in need. And maybe this morning you can look at that and say, okay, instead of me getting all depressed about this, what's God trying to tell me in the middle of this? And see, when we go back to Exodus, show me your glory, Moses prayed. And look, look what he did. Verse 21, then the Lord said, listen, listen to this. There is a place near me, don't miss this. If you're asleep, wake up, you can go right back to bed. But for this, do not miss this. There is a place near me where you may stand on a rock. And when my glory passes by, I will put you in the cleft in the rock, cover you with my hand until I have passed by. And then I will remove my hand and you will see my back, but my face must not be seen. Listen, 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 listen to what he's saying. This picture is mind boggling. There is a rock. If you are in this rock, you will be safe. If you stand on this rock, on this rock, Jesus says, I will build my church. In this rock, I'm gonna put my hand over you. Jesus' hand has what in it? A hole. The only man-made thing in heaven are the scars on Jesus' body. He chose to leave them so that we would never forget what he did. That hand with a hole over it is covering you in the rock of Christ and keeps you safe so that on this side of heaven, while I'm still in this meat suit, I've got the marbled ribeye version of the suit. In this meat suit, instead of charring me into a well-done burnt steak, I am hidden in the rock of Christ and I can experience his goodness and his glory, his light. Yeah, that's worth it. (laughs) I'm I'm in the rock. I'm safe. And if you haven't experienced that light, maybe it's because you're spending too much time on this light. Harvard is shown. And by the way, just so you know, what do they say when you get one finger pointed, you got like four pointing back at you? I've been reading a lot over the last month. And you know one of the main challenges that they're saying of why 
your children why you as adults are sleeping so horribly? It's because you are staring at the sun, but it's not the real sun. And it's messing up your circadian rhythms. It's messing up your body. This is more effective. It's like we weren't designed to live this way. We were designed to live outside, get vitamin D and get sunlight. And when it's dark, go to bed. You know, when you read those old guys like Spurgeon, like, man, those guys got up at like four in the morning and prayed. They must have been so spiritual. Bro, they went to bed at six. It was dark. They, were, they didn't have electricity. They were bored. They had nothing to do. Went go to bed. <laughs> now, that's why I say this is not a shame on you. This is a just reality check of the society and the civilization that we are in. We have light. We have options. Spurgeon didn't have a choice. You went to bed. You have a choice. So that means at some point you've got to make a choice that's better for you. Use these things for tools? Yes, 100%. I, I literally don't even have a number of how much money was raised in the past 12 years for feeding and clothing and disaster relief because of this phone. The phone isn't the problem. It's my heart that's the problem. And when I look at this, I'm looking at a mirror of me Give yourself an honest assessment of what it's saying about you and then put yourself in the rock. Drink from the rock that was Christ. Colossians 3.3, for you've died and now your life is hidden with Christ in God. Put yourself back in the rock. Use this as the tool that it's meant to be but make it your slave. Don't let it make you its slave. We have people in this church that work in the tech industry and they know exactly how these things are designed and they know that these are, I mean, these are agnostic devices, but there are algorithms that want you to use it more. Don't be stupid and fall for that. The 10-year-old Darren dipping my hand in the bathtub with an electric motor right above it, that is the, well, I was gonna say the dumbest thing I've ever done, but I gotta be honest, I've done a lot of dumb things. But let's say at least top 20 dumb things I've ever done in that water. And you all can mock and think it's funny and it's hilarious because it is, and we're doing the exact same thing by putting our hand in the bathtub of this and expecting the glory to not burn us to the ground and burn us out. Just pray for, just prayerfully consider that I have beheld his glory, that you could behold his glory. Use this as a tool, but spend time buried in the rock and not buried in your phone. Stand to your feet and let's pray. Heavenly Father, would you give us wisdom today? Would you give us courage? Would you give us, Lord, just show us. Not that we walk out of here with any shame. We walk out of here today with nothing but you, Jesus, we walk out of here with nothing but the hope of you and the salvation and your glory. That your glory is what is what will, will, will make us uh, fulfilled and the purpose and all those things. But it's only in you, Jesus. It's only in you. Give us practical, actionable in advice and wisdom in this. And we pray for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. We'll see you next week.